Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. MVP Stetson Bennett is joining us live. Stetson, good morning, my friend. How you feeling this morning after that incredible performance last night? Have you had a chance to get any sleep? Uh, you know, a few hours. Um, <laughs> not many. Uh, I've been, been wondering about... Uh, yeah, no, not many. My <laughs> That was an incredible Man. performance, if you ask me. I, I got to tip Whoa. my hat to Stetson Bennett. That was professionalism. He may be a college football player, but that was awfully professional to fulfill that media obligation on not much sleep. I don't know if he was drunk, if he was high, if he think? was tired, all a combination, and understandably so, a combination yeah. all of the above. Yeah. Um, but listen, man, last night was 37 days and over 40 years in the making and the dogs finally had their day. I'll tell you, look, yesterday, you know this, I didn't really have a dog in this fight. I know you were rooting for not. Georgia because you're sick of Alabama. Um, yeah, I was I did not have a dog in this fight until that phantom fluky funky fumble because I did not want to see Georgia go out like that. That was not a fumble. Did you that was called okay, a fumble on the field. Right. It wasn't right. a fumble. It was called a fumble on the field. Yeah, I'm with you. And they could not overturn it, which is why the ruling on the field stood. Uh, I did not want to see Georgia suffer any more heartbreak like that. So at that moment on, I was a Georgia fan. And you just can't be happy. You can't help but be happy for that entire fan base, that entire uh, university family, that team. Um, and Stetson Bennett in particular. Like, he's, he's really, he really was a microcosm of this journey for Georgia and last night's game was a microcosm of his individual journey uh, you know from walk on to Juco transfer to backup and now Georgia legend and uh, and this morning was just a camper that was that was a great moment on Good Morning America and that's a great picture right there too look uh, I didn't want Georgia to win just because I'm sick of Alabama I wanted Georgia to win for some of the reasons that you said. There you go, Stetson. Get into it. Get into it. It's not your fault they have a show so early. Why don't they change the time of their show to accommodate people <laughs> who want to sleep in? But I was, I'm, I'm happy for Stetson. I, I like one of, one of his, his, I think it was offensive coordinator said earlier in the year. I didn't think he was a, I didn't think he was going to be the starting quarterback. Like, he is a walk-on guy. Uh, they, they've recruited people who've got better measurables than Stetson Bennett the yeah. fourth. It's not like it's not like he's one of those guys. He was like, you know, top five recruits in the country. No, and he was ordained no, to have this guy. position. No, no he's just no. He, he's a guy who was really worked his way up from the scout team and dealt with a lot of criticism. And yeah. now just like Georgia persevere is, is a national yeah. champion. And that's why I like yeah. Georgia too. Because there have been many opportunities since between 1980 and 2022. It's not like they've had bad teams or bad talent or bad coaches. There's some really good coaches who moved on without having the opportunity to hoist uh, this, this national championship 
uh, trophy. And so I'm happy that they've, they've got their opportunity. Uh, that's, that's two. But the other thing, Mike, is I was telling you the other day, yesterday, when I told you Georgia was going to win, and I told you there's really not that much difference. Tell me they were going to win. You, you, were, you, were, you, were, you, didn't, you didn't know why. You just didn't want Alabama to win. You just, <laughs> but okay, go ahead and cook. Go ahead, hey, go, ahead hey. go, go ahead and cook. Hey. Go ahead and cook. Go ahead. You got it. I, you got it. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, one Mike, for you. One, I had this to. Your legend. I had you got to. It. Yes. I had to encourage a, a University of Georgia, a University of Georgia graduate, Maria Taylor. I had to encourage her. I had to give her a reason why her team yeah. was going to win. They were the best team all season long, and they played poorly in the SEC championship game. But that doesn't mean they're not on the level of Alabama. But Alabama needed to see that. Nick Saban needed to see it. And not just because uh, another coach can say, all right, I got him. But it just opens up and it really speaks to this new world of college football that we're living in. And it's perfect that this new world, it just started last year, is really revealing itself in a national championship game in January 2022. What do I mean by that? College football is different than it was just two years ago. NIL makes it different. The transfer portal makes it different. The recruiting game in the SEC and in college football in general, hello, Deion Sanders, makes it different. This is just a different world than, than we saw pre-pandemic. So now that Nick Saban is 25-2 and two versus his assistants, that's different. But that's not the only different thing in college football. And I think, <coughs> excuse me, it's just a cough. It's just dust. It's just it's dust. Okay. okay. And, and yeah. I, and I, okay. It's just dust. It's I, dusty. Okay. Okay. You got to explain yourself in these days. But I, but I think we're going to see more of this. I think Alabama, and I don't want to be dramatic yeah. here, man. I'm about to say you get you getting close to it. You're getting real close to it. I was okay. Good. Pump the brakes a little bit. Well, what? Pump well, the brakes on, just on. a little bit. I'm not saying Alabama is dead. Mm-hmm. Saying they're vulnerable. Is vulnerable the word? Is that what you're? Is that? I'm or? saying. We've seen the best of Alabama. Yeah. No. No. Okay. That, okay. Just, I mean, I mean, yes, we have. That's yes, enough. Sir. I'm gonna tell you why. That's no, enough. no. Wait. Wait. Okay. Why? 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 How many how many college football playoffs has Alabama been in in the last eight years? It's, it's, it's a lot. Seven. That's not gonna. Yeah, yeah the, mo- the majority. Okay, that's of not gonna happen. Or, yeah, or maybe all, no, all. That's of not gonna happen. I don't know. All that, of them. Yeah. But I just think it is that the field is becoming increasingly leveled by all those things that I just mentioned, and that will yeah. turn it turns everything on a dime. It's the only reason. What I just mentioned is the only reason Cincinnati. Was in the national playoff picture. Transfers. I mean, simple as that. Yeah, Cincinnati. Mike, Mike, no, took, this is. Uh, it's the only reason. It's a game-changing thing. Okay, let's let's a couple of things. One, all right. Um, this is about Georgia, and a process that was years in the making. They brought Kirby Smart to Athens to build. A replica of Alabama, a recruiting powerhouse, the likes of which the rest of the country outside of Alabama has not been able to attain. Georgia has succeeded. Look, it wasn't like they, did, they lost in double overtime in 2017. 
So you said it. It's not like Georgia hasn't been right there. Okay, right. It's not like they exactly. haven't been right there in terms of slaying this particular dragon. If anything, I will give you. I'll give you this. If anything, it may be Alabama and Georgia and everybody else. Maybe that's that what either. we saw last night that Georgia that Georgia may have finally gotten over the hump against Alabama and maybe they go back and forth. Maybe Alabama finally has a worthy adversary, even though Georgia was always there in terms of talent, uh, you know, a notch below, below, if not right there. Maybe now that Georgia has broken through and beaten Alabama, maybe Georgia is now here to stay in terms of actually winning the national championship versus just trying to win the SEC championship. I don't even believe that though. I'm just I'm just trying you to don't. come closer to you. No, man. Why it's not? Still, you're talking about a new you're talking about a new world. I'm telling you. It is. You're talking it's about a, I'm You're saying it's a new world. No, it's still Alabama's world and everybody else is living in it. I'm not affixing an asterisk next to last night by any means, but let's not act like Alabama wasn't leading that game at halftime leading that game with I believe eight minutes left, albeit, you know, thanks to that fluky fumble, which, you know, if not for yeah. that, we're talking about four field goals for Alabama. Leading Georgia at halftime on to field goals, last night. just field goals. Georgia deserved to win last night. I'm not taking anything away from them, but something was taken from Alabama, and that's the first round wide receiver prospect by the name of Jamison Williams, you know, and before that, John Mechie at the, in the SEC championship game. If it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. If it was a fifth, we'd all be Stetson Bennett this morning. I'm not suggesting that Alabama somehow got or Georgia somehow got lucky. What I'm simply right. saying is, if you look at all the way too early 2022 polls, guess who's at the top? Alabama. Alabama's still at the top of the polls across the board. A lot of them have Georgia number two. Some of them have Ohio State. Your Ohio State number two and Georgia three. Georgia has been a factor. Georgia has been a contender. Georgia will continue to be a contender. But however the world changes, whether it's transfer portal, name, image, and likeness, recruiting, what we know is that Alabama is going to continue to be at the forefront of reinventing itself and adapting to that changing world you're talking about. We'll the see. world is not we'll going to change and phase out Alabama. Alabama ain't going nowhere. No, they still no, got the okay, reigning out, trophy when they have quarterback. Phase out is too strong. I would say the, the the championship cluster will be diluted a little bit. Let's say it that way. Let's say let's say in a fancy way. Bro, this let's, was an off year for Alabama. This was a down me, year for Alabama, and they still damn near won the whole thing. Yes, and they still it wasn't the Alabama. It was a look at look at how much they struggled through. Look at how much they struggled throughout the year. It, they didn't have a Heisman Trophy winner until Bryce Young drove 93 okay. yards, I believe it was, against Auburn. And it didn't look like actual Alabama until the SEC title game when they beat the brakes off Georgia and had people okay. like me thinking that it was a travesty for Alabama to be an underdog going into the national championship game despite well, all that Georgia has done. By all accounts, this was not your traditional Alabama powerhouse this year. And they'll definitely be Let back. Let me say it a different way. They got they, on a down year. They got to the national championship game. Okay. Let me say it. Let, let, let me let me try it a different way then. If that's your standard for Alabama, you've made my point because that's not happening anymore. Don't look for the Alabama that's gonna that the Alabama that you saw last year, where they go undefeated in the SEC and they're blowing everybody out. Or let me say this: Don't look for the Georgia of 2021 
We see this incredible stat where they beat 13 teams by 15 points or more. That's what you're looking you're for. That's what parody. That's yes. more parody. Yes, maybe. Yes, there maybe. is. And so maybe. Alabama just to to say, okay, let's just wait. Alabama will win again. No, don't look at it that way. Oh, this was not oh, a down year. Yeah. Alabama was Alabama had a great year and Mike, the fact that their games are closer thinking. tells you well, it's wishful thinking on you your just part. told me it happened. Wishful thinking. I'm not making you're, it up. You already told me no, it happened. You're Didn't you no, tell me it happened? You're bored by you're bored by Alabama. You're I'm not bored, bored by, by Alabama right now. I'm not bored you, by Alabama. And, I'm not bored by. Yes, it. you are. Well, okay, okay. You're sick not, of Alabama then. How about that? You're sick of Alabama. A little bit. That's why you bit, were so invested last night. I'm I am sick. talking to somebody who hates sick. the SEC. You sick. are Mr. Big Ten. You can't stand the SEC. And yesterday you were damn near barking. Okay, uh, you you know you you you're not right. a, you you're not a, you're not Greek. Okay, you didn't pledge. Okay, but nonetheless, you were singing Atomic Dog. You got Atomic Dog in your feed today. Okay, like <laughs> don't do that. You get in trouble. You get in trouble. Don't do that. Don't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. If you ain't, you know, if you ain't got the brand on, you can't do that. All right. <laughs> bottom bottom line is, you were pulling so hard. Come on, man. You, I know you. You were pulling so hard for Georgia because a, you're sick of it's Alabama. It's a great story. B, because it's a great story. It is a great, no, it's a great, a great story. story. Come on. And it's great for the sport. It's great for the sport. It was a great night for the sport. Great night for Georgia. It was fun to see their, you know, their long suffering. What do you mean I hate rewarded. the SEC? I don't hate the Bruh. SEC. How can I hate Buckeye. Vanderbilt? You are a Buckeye. <laughs> exactly. You are sick of the SEC dominance, but I'm here to tell you. Yeah. I'm here to tell Kevin Warren and all the commissioners that can't come to a consensus about playoff expansion. You can expand the playoffs all you want. Y'all could all get this money. Everybody could eat, but at the end of the day, this movie is going to end the same. It's going to end the same with Alabama more often than not on top with an exception here or there and an exception the, the team best position to be that exception to Alabama dominance I mean, is But wait Georgia. a minute. See my that's what see we if anything that's what we learned last trip. night. You something else. You something else, man. You crack me up. You really do. Because like a lot of people oh, don't know. A lot of people uh, you know a lot of people don't know by the way that we always talk about Madden and how we worked that. We also used to work that college football game. We used to work that college football oh, it's game. Coming, and it's coming recruiting. back. Oh it's coming back. Oh it's coming back. Oh we get the recruiting you know it's coming you back. Take, yeah. yeah. I, oh I know that. I know. I know. And you take a little mid-major and you turn that into like a, a dominant national champion. It was exciting. It was so far-fetched when we were playing it, but it is more realistic in 2022 than it's ever been. But that's not really what I want to talk about. I want to talk about you, you, getting into fights with people. Can't take you nowhere because you always get into fights with people. All right. So you get with fights, getting into fights with people on Twitter. Because you said who are going to fight with Marcus Freeman, a free man named Marcus. You said oh. he will win a national championship before Brian Kelly does. Okay, yeah, that's no which won it. So which won a year so, before last? Yeah. So LSU has won it. Notre Dame hasn't mm-hmm. won it since what 1988, something like that. So you got LSU yeah. in the mix. I know it's an SEC team, but you got LSU. You got Notre Dame in the mix. You already mentioned Ohio State. Texas A&M dominant recruiting class. You've already made there's the point. The you made playoffs, the point about there's making the playoffs and there's winning the championship national championship. You said it. Notre Dame was going to do it within a couple of years. You because said because it. I said, okay, I'll tell you what I said because I was there when I said it. I said okay, that Marcus okay, Freeman okay. and if He'll you look at, and if you look 
If no, but if you look, okay, look at the rank again. Look at the way too early 2022 rankings. Okay, I told you sometimes you're so far ahead till you look lost to other people. No, Notre, if, if Marcus Freeman could build on what Brian Kelly met uh, already established at yeah. Notre Dame, his path to the playoffs is easier. In order to win a championship, you do have to make the playoffs. There is that. Right. His path to the playoffs is easier than Brian Kelly's because Brian Kelly has to go for, wait for it, among others, Alabama and Georgia. That was my only right. point, that, that, that his path to the playoff was better. That does not mean that the rest of the country has caught up to Alabama. You're suggesting that the rest of the country has caught up to Alabama. I'm saying there's not one caught, team that closer, can legitimately boast that, and that's Georgia. Relatively speaking, sure. Here's our biggest disagreement. Now, Quiet is kept. You have come. I brought you. I brought you around pretty uh, uh, quickly to a different point because this time yesterday. Did you? We, we've got we've got the footage. This time yesterday, you said Alabama was on a different level than Georgia. Even Georgia. I said there was still. Talent. I said there was still a difference. There was still a difference. Okay, if you, you want to say it was Georgia. A gap. I, no, I did not say today. Gap. Well, I don't. I didn't say gap. I didn't say gap. I don't think I did. Are you confident? Before we, <laughs> I don't think I said gap. No, you I mean because I'm not. I didn't stupid. say that. I don't I mean, think I, I said I that. Some, I know. Hey, from time to time, I say some dumb shit, but I'm not stupid, and I do know right. how well Kirby Smart has recruited to Athens, and that he's got he's been, he's consistently at the top in terms of the recruiting rankings. I know that, but Alabama still is on is is on a slightly higher level. Maybe I was wrong about even that. And last yeah, night, right? But showed that. that. Was but again, Alabama was. Today you're saying Alabama. Today you're saying Alabama and Georgia. Oh, stop with that shorthanded. Stop with that. They it, were. it happens. It happens. It, it not, right. That's not qualifying it. No, I'm, I'm saying they were. A lot of that talent that I'm talking about wasn't on the field, specifically at wide receiver. But that's neither here nor there. This is Georgia's day. This is the dog's day. Okay. Congratulations. My point in this whole conversation is stop saying ding dong. The witch is dead. Alabama. Oh, there we go. This is it. Alabama is now, you know, the people they are vulnerable. They can be beat. How long have we been saying Alabama was vulnerable? How hey, long, I mean, Nick Saban hey, has constantly reinvented himself constantly been I, ahead I of the think... curve. As long as Nick Saban is in Alabama, everybody is still chasing the Crimson Tide. Last night, Georgia caught up to him, but that doesn't mean this is a sign of things to come in my mind. Um, look, it's not like it's not like the witch is dead. That's not that, that that's too that's too extreme. I don't feel that way. This is this is the way I feel. Alabama for a long time was in this exclusive gated community at the top of the hill. And everybody else was beneath. Now they drive around the gated community and they look and they say, How'd you get in here? You can't afford this. Yes, I can. Yes, I can, says Texas AM. Yes, I can says Georgia. Yes, I can possibly says Notre Dame and LSU not that, not too far away. So it's an Ohio State mind you. So there are other there are other teams that can see Alabama without bowing down. It's not so Alabama's not dead. Alabama has more company than you want to give them credit for the, the company that is. And so I don't think they are still the giant on the hill looking down on the peasants looking down on the subjects saying yes, come to me, come to me. 
And that's, I've got all the answers. The truth is here. No, it's a much more democratic little D much more democratic world of college football. How, and how many people occupy that world? Okay, I, I, we're, we're, we agree more than we disagree. Nine. How many nine. people? Nine teams? Get them. They are, bruh. So they are, oh, they are, they are, oh, no, it, no. God, no. God, no. Nine, so you said nine? You're saying there are nine okay. teams. That, 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 well, oh, come on now. Bruh, we're talking. This is sorry. I know you would like to think well, that college football is this wide open thing that name, image, and likeness in a transfer portal, and everybody got a it shot. Is. Nah, players. It's a, it's a game changer. Two, it is. There are there's one conference, and in that conference, yep. there are two, maybe three programs that have separated themselves from everybody else. Texas A&M is coming. We'll see if it if it if it uh, transitions to the field. We'll see if Brian Kelly can do what Ed Orgeron. Um, and uh, and and uh, Les Miles did at LSU. Yeah, but I'm sorry, man. Like, and Ohio State will make it interesting from time to time. Ohio State will make it interesting from time to time. They may represent. They may have yeah, an exclusive much. team and represent the year. Big Ten for the most part. Every year, dog. Every year. <laughs> Every year about? what? From time to time. Every year what? They always make it interesting. They always make it interesting. When's the last time you won a national championship? When's the last time Ohio State won a national championship? You know my memory six, is foggy. Six, you gotta seven, help me out. Six years ago. Six years ago. Okay. Seven. Seven yeah. years. Okay. They're not they're Ohio okay. State with so, with a few exceptions. Ohio more recently State. than more recently than Florida. More recently. I'm not talking about than, Florida. I'm not talking about Florida. Auburn. Oh, you okay. You're talking about the I'm SEC, about the almighty SEC. I'm so, not, I'm not yeah, talking Ohio about Florida. I, I, for that matter, I'm not talking about Clemson. I'm saying that there is a clear separation between the haves and have nots in college football even in this new world you're talking about. And there are certain people who have a lot more. And I just believe that if anything, we'll see a lot more Alabama, Georgia. If anything, I just don't see this as some floodgates opening and all are welcome to this national championship party. They may expand the playoffs, but it's still going to end up the same way. It's still going to be inevitable. Alabama's inevitable. Alabama's inevitable. All right. Thanos. Well, here's the reason. Okay. I, I know. Jo and I Georgia. Thanos. As long as they keep recruiting like, like this, not if they have broken through and defeated Thanos. Maybe Georgia, maybe Georgia will do this. It won't be like Kirby Smart said last night. It won't be another 40 years before Georgia wins Listen, the national championship. I'm comfortable saying that, but acting like I like it's a wide open. Mm -mm, no, no, play it ain't wide open. I like a I like a thoughtful Wish villain. So I like Thanos, but you know, this is why it's more teams than you're thinking of. I don't know what you just dropped, but there are more there are more teams than you're thinking because USC is down, right? USC is going to come right back and it, it, it's going to be They'll fast. be back. They'll, yeah, you're right. So so USC I, I like is going to be in this like conversation Riley, yeah. that, that we're not talking about. Uh, Oklahoma is not that far away. Oklahoma is not this far not that far away from this conversation. There's some, there's some really the good teams and they, now pretty soon they got uh, now pretty soon Oklahoma pretty soon Oklahoma got to go through that same SEC gauntlet that we're talking about. So okay. yes, there there are there are good teams out there. There are hot coaches. There are teams that can recruit, but nobody recruits like Bama and Georgia. To your point, and here's the amazing here's the amazing thing, Mike. Now that Michigan has restored its football program because it was down. Oh, for there like we go. Years, good. Yeah. Now nah, there we now go. The Michigan, good, good old, now the Michigan. Now the Michigan football program is back. Sarcasm to end it. There you go. Okay. <laughs> good old fashioned now that the football program is back in Michigan, maybe they could get in there too.
Maybe they can get into the college playoff and actually be competitive the next time they get in. I don't actually try to see try to see Georgia a little bit. Good conversation, but this is about Georgia. Like, you know, a lot of times I question people's commitment. Like, like why are you why are you committing yourself to such heartbreak? But like, if the old saying is anything worth having is worth waiting for. This must be great to be have a national championship because they certainly waited a long time and endured a lot. You know how much I hate since. I hate it when people say their first championship since. Well, this one counts. You can use it now. 40 years in the wilderness? Man, that was awesome last night. Congratulations. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mike, I'm just so excited for, for many reasons. Many reasons. I love talking about ball, basketball specifically, but in this case, you've got what, what's been the old guard in some ways, the Golden State Warriors, and these new Jacks, these new kids, led by number 12, the newest superstar in the NBA, John Morant. And so these teams are playing tonight. Warriors, Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have won nine straight games. John Morant is doing incredible things every night. Sometimes it's scoring. Sometimes it's a chase down block. Sometimes I, it's I still just, can't process that. I'm still trying I to know, process I know. The elbow! The elbow was up there. That was insane. It's, that was insane. I mean, so you've got the Warriors and Grizzlies playing tonight. It would be exciting. And that's the team, by the way, the Grizzlies. Uh, knocked them out of the playoffs. They beat them in the play-in game. Got it. Got themselves the into the playoffs. Year. Knocked the, the Warriors yeah. out. Yeah. It would be exciting like, enough yeah. if you just focus on the point guards, John Morant and Steph. But yeah. we get the bonus of Clay Thompson returning to this game, and he played 20 minutes in the first game yesterday. back. We didn't even get to that yesterday. 20 minutes. What? That was 20 minutes. That was 17. Crazy. We were so caught up in Duncan the Sunday on night football. <laughs> finish and Brian Flores's firing yesterday that we didn't even talk about the family affair that was Clay Thompson's return. Like that was the thing that my kids said that's what we want to watch. Like that's what they yeah. sat down and said, "Hey, you know, we know there's football on, but like this is what we watching. Is Clay Thompson coming back?" And and all of us collectively had goosebumps watching him be introduced seeing the love that his teammates at the Chase Center, that the NBA community poured out. Everybody was just united in their happiness after 941 days to see Klay Thompson back. And my guy was like, I'm here to knock off the rust. Bro, did he, did he right. shoot like 18 shots in 20 minutes? Dunking on people, crossing yeah. people up. I mean, I, I, I knew he would come back and be fine. I didn't know he would come back and look that good. Um, so yeah, man, like, you know, we, we didn't even give him his flowers. Yesterday, we were so caught up in NFL drama. 
but yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. It's 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 a I big mean, night so, for ball. It's a big ball night tonight. Yeah, I mean, just think about that team. All right, so Golden State doing very well without without Clay Thompson. And I know, I mean, you you've been around long enough. I've been around long enough to know that you just don't get caught up in regular seasons, even if it's a historic regular mm-hmm. season. Doesn't matter uh, when the playoffs start. People start approaching you differently. They start scouting you, playing you, starting to figure you out. And so there's a, a regular season way of playing. Then there's a postseason. You got to go to another level. So in a regular season, the Golden State Warriors look just fine without Klay Thompson. But now they've got the opportunity to kind of bring him along at a pace that's comfortable for them and comfortable for him to a team that's already at the top of the Western Conference standings. Get him back, get him uh, reintegrated into the mix. And now they look like they look like they're destined to go to the NBA Finals. However, you got Memphis. I mean, Memphis keeps pushing. We, it's almost like we, we can't they're figure not, out They're not yet. a cute we, story anymore. Yeah, you're right. We keep saying, hey, you know, oh, they're getting there. Oh, you know. No, they're, they're there. They're not quite. No, they're there. They're not, they're not quite ready yet. Oh, they're there. Both of them. John we Morant were, is we there. Were treating, John Morant's here. We were treating the NBA. We were treating the NBA just like the conversation we had a little while ago about college football, like, you know, Alabama, Georgia, everybody else, right? It's like, oh, the Western Conference is Golden State, Phoenix, and everybody else. Like, nah, player. Like, like Memphis, this is no fluke. They were great without Ja, as it's been well documented. He comes back, trains rolling. He takes them to a different level. I mean, look, they've already... The, Conventionalism around the NBA, Mike, is like you kind of got to go through things. I see. You got to go through it to get to it. You got to go through it to get NBA. to it. NBA.com. Well, you know, last year, the Grizzlies went ahead and, you know, experienced the playoffs. John Moran experienced the playoffs. He played well, but went out in the first round after they won that, uh, that, that aforementioned playing game against the Warriors. It's like, man, listen, the bracket could break a certain way. Injuries, COVID. Bruh, I, I think you have to put the Grizzlies in the contender class. You know, okay, they've only won nine in a row. And yes, it's regular season, but I think you have to put them in that class now. It's not they're not in others, in that others group. They are in the contender class in the Western Conference. Would I would I still pick the Warriors, especially now that they have Clay back? Absolutely. But the Warriors, they're not without their flaws. They turn the ball over quite a bit, for example. You know, Memphis is good on offense, they're good on defense. They have a superstar that has no F's to give in John Morant. Right. That could take over a game at any point. So Memphis, if, if the bracket breaks right, it wouldn't shock me to see Memphis emerge from the Western Conference. Not the way they're playing. Jaron Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Bain. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it. they got, they, they got, they're a good team. That's, that's my most intriguing storyline tonight. It, it going into it, as much as I love Clay, as much as I love seeing him back, for me, it's Memphis. I mean, and you know, I've called Steph Curry. Steph Curry, you know, the greatest showman in the history of team sports. But that dude, John Morant and Memphis, they are the most must-see team right now. They are the must-see TV they team. They're the it team in the NBA, right? And Memphis. Because when, 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 is, is, right. when a dude is, is, is doing chase down blocks one night, yamming on people, you know, well, and, and all in the same game, really, doing chase down blocks, yamming on people, taking people off the dribble, I mean, you can't take your eyes off Memphis right now. So for me, I'm I'm more looking forward, I'd say, to, to seeing what John Morant's got in store for tonight uh, than I am. I kind of know for the most part, even though Clay's been gone for two years, kind of know what I'm I getting with know. Golden State for the most part. But uh, I don't. I'm, I'm looking to see Memphis. Because if, if Memphis beats Golden State tonight, 
these kinds of conversations are going to be more common if they aren't already about where does Memphis stand in the pecking order? Are, are they not? If, if, if Memphis beats the Warriors. Yeah, I think I agree with that. But you said something that you just said, you know what to expect from Clay Thompson. That's part of my intrigue too. I don't really part, know what to expect. I don't because it's been two years and I, I don't think that Clay Thompson is suddenly going to be like a, become a bad shooter or something's missing. Yeah, he looked fine the other night. You don't just jump back in there, especially when you when you start thinking because we look. I don't I don't play I don't play for Golden State. I don't play for Memphis. So I'm thinking ahead to the spring. When you start thinking about a playoff series, and you're you're talking about 35, 38, sometimes 40 minutes uh, within a seven game series, how is he going to respond? How are they going to use him? How are the other players going to respond to him? How are the guys who were put into the role of scorers? How are they going to accept? I know he's got to do it. It's Clay Thompson, but how do they accept stepping back, scaling back a little bit? Even guys in the starting lineup, like Wiggins. Wiggins is going to get fewer shots theoretically than he's been used to getting as a Golden State Warrior because. So what? Oh, I mean, hey, look, that's not. That's, I'm good. First of all, first world not, problem. First of all, I'm not. Second of all, I'm not right. nobody, It is first world. They ain't complaining. I'm not a not member of his family. I'm not a member of his family. So if he's got hurt feelings over, it, I don't care. What I'm saying is there it, it takes a response. It takes some type of adjustment to the team to bring Clay Thompson back. You want to bring him back. It's not like you're bringing in somebody who can't play. You're bringing in a great player and now everybody else has a different role outside, of the, outside of the obvious. If it's style. an adjustment, if it's an adjustment, I think it's brief. And I know a lot of the faces have changed, but the culture around that team has always been one of adjusting. They adjusted to integrating the best player in the league into their team and taking a step back. So they've been there, done that with taking a step back. And I don't know that anybody really took a step back. They all ate. Everybody eats B in Golden State. So I don't, I don't know that bringing somebody who is, is as beloved as Clay Thompson back. Man, again, he took 18 shots. He knocked all the rust off in one night. Looked like nobody wow. minded. Not, not to mention they've all been anticipating his return, looking forward to his return, knowing what his return could mean in terms of elevating them beyond their already uh, lofty status. Um, you know, in terms of how they perform so far this year, I don't, I don't think it's much of an adjustment at all. And he, and he seems, I think the day is dead when guys have to work their way back. I mean, the paradigm is, seems to have shifted. Really? I mean, just well, in terms of long, in terms of injury, like major I, injuries. Yeah, I think he one. took his time and put in. I think he took his I time and put in the work. One. When's the last time? Okay, when's the last time somebody suffered a major or even catastrophic injury, and they came back and they kind of like struggled and like looked looked unsure? I don't know if it's modern medicine, rehab, technology, two guys. mental health. Who who comes to mind? Uh, there are two guys. Not come, Durant. Now listen, not, not Durant not on that level. But these were two all-star players who look different post-injury. Victor Oladipo, you agree with me on that? Like Oladipo, oh, before he got okay. hurt, was okay. balling. Now, you're not, you're not even thinking okay. about him, right? And the other yeah. one is John Wall. Like, it, okay. it's just not, it's okay. not, it's not the same. He, okay, okay, sure. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't remember him dropping off a cliff, but okay, I, maybe he wasn't the same guy he was. All I'm saying is, but my, for, the, my but I, but for the most part, for higher. the most part, those guys bounce. My back. expect for the most part, I think people bounce back better than they once did. 
uh, Achilles or ACL injuries are not the career death sentence that they once were. In fact, dudes coming back much quicker than they once did from those injuries. Not saying that everybody could do it, but based on what I saw one game in, it does not look like Clay Thompson is going to need a whole lot of time. Is there going to be an adjustment period? It, does he have to like his way back it. into carrying a full load? Yeah, but I don't think he's going to need a whole lot of time the way conventional and traditional wisdom would suggest. I'm happy to see him back. And then on the flip side, you, you, Mike, don't you don't you like going back to these moments when you recognize somebody is a superstar, or you or you figure out when that superstar turn happened? So we really should have seen it coming. I was thinking about it, like when did John Morant become a superstar? Really, last year. It, it was the playing game versus Golden State, and then yeah, remember and the game playoffs. one. They took on Utah, yeah. and Utah's like, "Well, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what happened?" Now, yeah. ultimately, uh, the Jazz won that series over the Grizzlies, but yeah. John Morant was there last year. He was a superstar last year, and I feel like Funk, Funk, uh, Funk, Funk Master Flex, John Morant is here. You know, like, you know, he's, like Funk, Funk says at the beginning of that Black Black Thought freestyle, "Black Thought is here." Uh, you know what we do in this position. Black Thought is here. John Morant is here to stay and he came first and the Memphis Grizzlies had no business they had, had no no they had no choice but just follow him they're fo- they followed him so he's well, a superstar not, and, they, not, and they're the contenders cool is, it's not right whether they want to be or not just him they got a they right. got a squad they got a team I mean and, and they listen they they were really good without him for a reason you know so they built something very intriguing there that that if it doesn't already by now with nine straight wins and it's, it's definitely got everybody's attention. That's for damn sure. And after tonight, do they win tonight? Do they win it Memphis tonight? Win tonight? Yes. Yes. Memphis wins at Woo! home tonight and more All people right. are talking about Mem- and and more people are talking about Memphis as contenders tomorrow than already are after they beat Golden State tonight. Ooh, I like it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, man. Since everybody's 0-0, 0-0, entering the postseason, whole new season, does that mean we get a do-over? Because are we still beholden to our preseason Super Bowl predictions, or can we? Are we allowed to reassess? Depends on what. It depends on who we pick. Who would I say? I said <laughs> right. the Jaguars are going to. That said the Jaguars are going to the Super Bowl or something. Because if, if I did I, that, then we I got eighteen do it weeks. I think we're, we should be allowed to, to to take stock to reassess the landscape. And so I know. Who'd you pick? Come preseason, I picked Tampa. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, Tampa, um, uh, Kansas City. Excuse me, Tampa, Kansas City. All right. Well, you, um, well, you shouldn't want to do I it. I think over. my sentiment. I, I, I said that we were ha- we were in the midst of a Golden State, Cleveland type period. 
Clash of the Titans type period where it's like getting used to it. I, I don't see Brady going anywhere, and obviously I don't see Mahomes going anywhere. I obviously had my doubts about Kansas City, as a lot of people did um, early in the season and at various points in the season. But Kansas City looks like a solid pick to come out of the AFC. Tampa, drama, injuries, a little bit of inconsistency. Um, question marks, particularly at wide receiver, but Tampa still got Tom. And it, it's hard for me to pick against Tampa uh, in the playoffs. So I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable where I'm at, but I res, I'm reserving rights. I reserve the right to reassess and maybe before a wild card super weekend or super wild card weekend, whatever they call it again, maybe kind of, yeah. you know, have, have different picks for the Super Bowl. Because look, man, and full disclosure, we were talking earlier today. We had a little, a little, uh, a little monthly meeting with our guy Sam Flood, who's a Patriots fan, and uh, we were talking. We were laughing about how it was fun while it lasted, talking about the Patriots back in the Super Bowl with Mac Jones. Yeah. So it just kind of got us to thinking about, you know what, you know, let, let's let's reassess and see where things stand. Because I don't think either of us at this point would feel comfortable yeah. predicting a Patriots trip to the Super Bowl, would no. we? No, no, we wouldn't. As a matter of fact, Mike, can I tell you this? Get ready. Hold on to your seat there. Right now, because you got to go with, you got to thank you. Okay, I mean, <laughs> bring that up. Bring yeah, that up. Bring that up. No, yeah, right. I ain't say, to your seat. I ain't say lower it. I said, hold on to it. Don't yeah. lower it. <laughs> Press the wrong button there. You, Great. I'm listening. I'm you got to go with, you got to go with how a team is playing at the time. Right now, I'm going to tell you the New England Patriots are the worst team in the playoffs. I'm going to say mm. it again. The New England Patriots are the worst team in the playoffs that right now they have no identity. They're doing nothing. Well, really? They don't do really? any. Okay. They have no identity. They are. They are not able to get off to good starts. They're bad on special teams. The Patriots That's Bill Belichick's baby. Their punter has had three punts blocked already this year. They made a boneheaded special teams mistake on on Sunday in, in your Miami. backyard, and I know you're watching. Worst team in the playoffs. So, okay, so playoffs. we'll continue with this process of elimination later on. You've already eliminated the Patriots before they play the game. Done. Noted. Done. Noted. We'll we'll play that game uh, later on in the show. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Michael, I think both of us uh, feel pretty good that Brian Flores dismissal as head coach of the Miami Dolphins was not a setback, but a setup that he is going to land on his feet. Hopefully during this coaching cycle, uh, he is reported to be a high candidate, understandably so for somebody that's won 19 games the last two years. Uh, the interview requests are already starting uh, and Chicago is talking to him about that vacant head coach position, a Chicago coaching search that is uh, being guided in part by Bill Polian, 
who head coach Tony Dungy uh, knows quite well, of course, from their Super Bowl winning days in Indianapolis. So Coach Dungy, um, would love to. We're still unpacking the fallout from Brian Flores's uh, firing uh, in Miami. I know you got your ear to the street. I know you know people. You talk to people. What do you know, and what do you think about what happened uh, with Brian Flores and why it didn't work out in Miami? Because that's still, uh, even though we, we we have theories, it is still a shocker given uh, the rebuilding job he'd done. No, it, it was a shock to me, and you don't, don't expect it. You mentioned 19 wins in, in two years. That's hard to do, so you don't expect it. So the only thing I can say is there's got to be something more to the story. It can't be just on wins and losses and direction of the team. They're getting better. They're competing. They beat the New England Patriots twice. Uh, that's not a coach you get rid of unless something else is going on. And what, what, what did you think about uh, just his ability, though, to, to go in there and, and turn that uh, fran- I shouldn't say turn the franchise around. They didn't, they didn't win a championship. They never got to the playoffs with him, even though 9-8 and eight this year, 10-6 and six last year. But what, what did you think about that just going around and, and shifting the culture where they could get to a point where not only could they beat the Patriots twice, twice this year, Brian Flores is four and two versus Bill Belichick. What did you think about his ability to just kind of turn the franchise around a little bit? Well, I, I thought the team was definitely going in the right direction, and and I'm a voter on the AP poll, and and I was considering voting for Brian for Coach of the Year. I, I looked, you know, there's mm-hmm. some coaches have done some great things, but uh, Rich Passaccia stepping in and taking that situation and taking the Raiders to the playoffs, you got to give that some consideration, right, Grable? Uh, number one seed with all the injuries that Tennessee's had. But Brian Flores, you lose seven games in a row and the team doesn't quit. They come on and they get themselves back in playoff contention. Uh, That to me was remarkable. So I I thought there's no question. You watch their team. They respect him. They responded to him. They're, They're moving in the right direction. So again, it was very much of a surprise to me. And you look at the reaction from those players that responded to him. It speaks to they seem not only shocked but disappointed uh, to see Brian Flores uh, move on. So we mentioned his interview with the Bears. I wonder, and again, you, you're you're carefully monitoring the interview cycle as somebody who advocates on behalf of black coaches, as somebody uh, who holds the league accountable when it comes to the Rooney Rule practices. I wonder what what other interviews, other than Brian Flores uh, in Chicago have caught your eye or have even encouraged you uh, about maybe it's somebody we need to keep our eye on. Maybe it's a situation and a fit for a coach that really stood out to you based on the interviews that you've taken note of so far. Well, you know, I don't know who's talked to who. Uh, Chicago, and I've been on record, I talked about Jim Caldwell in Jacksonville. I think that's a perfect fit uh, with a young quarterback. And you look at Jim Caldwell's record, all you have to do, look at Peyton Manning's record, pre-Jim Caldwell, post-Jim Caldwell. Look at Matthew Stafford's numbers after Jim Caldwell got there to Detroit. Look at Joe Flacco during the Super Bowl year when Jim Caldwell was the offensive coordinator, matched up with his other years and what he did after that. You can see what Jim does with young quarterbacks. So if I was in Chicago or Jacksonville, that'd be one of the mm-hmm. first guys I would call. Okay. Uh, you have to look at Leslie Cole Frazier Caldwell. in Chicago. I like the ring to that. I like the ring. I'm sorry. I like the ring to that. Call Caldwell. <laughs> there you go. That's, that, that's, the, that's the headline. Look, gotcha. <laughs> you know, I, I remember when Mike Ditka got hired in Chicago, 
and I had coached against Mike in, in the past, and I just said, I don't know if I see this, but George Hallis at that time, he said, hey, I want somebody who knows the history of the Bears, somebody who's passionate about the Bears, that the Bears is, is a big deal to them. And Mike Ditka fit in perfectly there. Okay, Leslie Frazier is a guy who knows the history of Chicago. He knows what wins. He knows good defense. And Leslie Frazier has been in a situation now where they took a young quarterback in Buffalo and watched Josh Allen mature, and they built the team around him. And Leslie has that Chicago background. He's got a Super Bowl ring from the Bears. He knows how that team is supposed to function. So that's another guy that, that I would look at. And there's, there's a ton of good candidates. I live here in Tampa. And yes, Bruce Arians has done a tremendous job here, but all Bruce talks about is Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles. And maybe one of those guys is already set to, to step in when Bruce retires here. I don't know that. But I would talk to those two guys too. Championship pedigree. They've been around it, uh, done, a, done a great job. So there's a number of guys who uh, we, we've got to keep an eye out for. And I just hope these teams actually really go through the process. Take the time, investigate, look at the candidates, and don't just say, hey, I'm going to pick the guy from the Super Bowl winning team, or I'm going to pick this guy because he's a, a known commodity. I like the way you said that, uh, Coach. You said go through the process. You hope these teams do it. And unfortunately, we have to have the Rooney rule in place because some teams without it, I mean, even with it, some t the team's records are not necessarily great when it comes to, you know, uh, broadening the field, broadening the search, and, and uh, hiring diverse candidates. But how do you know, it, it, from your experience, how do you know if a team is serious about its uh, interviewing process? Because they can bring you in and still not be serious. How do you know as you're sitting there, hey, they're really taking me seriously? You, you, you really don't know. Uh, you hope you get a chance to really impress someone. I remember one of the first interviews I had, uh, I was a young coach still in my early 30s and the Green Bay Packers had an uh, opening. And I was surprised. I got a call and uh, went through the whole process and it was great for me, a learning experience and answering questions and trying to formulate my, my program. Uh, but then I asked the guy at the end uh, of the, the interview, I said, hey, tell me, what exactly are you looking for? And he said, well, really what we want is somebody with head coaching experience and somebody who's really strong on the offensive side of the ball. And I, I thought to myself, why am I here? You want an offensive coordinator who's been a head coach. I'm 33 years old. I've never been a head coach and I coach defense. Why am I here? Are you really serious about this? Um, so you, you just don't know and, and they can go through the process. And unfortunately, I think that's what some teams have done. They said, we've got this Rooney rule. We've got to interview certain people, but we really know who we're going to hire. We know we're going to hire Urban Meyer. We may have 15 different interviews, but we really aren't serious about it. We're hiring Urban Meyer. Uh, but then you have other people that go through the process. When I got the job in Tampa, I was not the first candidate. And I went through three or four different interviews with them and it took a long time. Uh, we didn't make the playoffs that year in, in Minnesota. And I think my first interview was kind of uh, late December. And it was toward the end of January before I got hired. But they knew me by that time. I knew them and it ended up being a good fit. But teams have to slow down. They have to not worry about looking like they didn't get their first choice. 
you know, that was part of the deal when I, I got to Tampa. They wanted Steve Spurrier. He didn't take the job. They wanted Jimmy Johnson. He went to Miami. So, hey, look, too bad. We got our third choice or our fourth choice or our fifth choice. But if you get the right guy, it doesn't matter. Coach, I'd love to go into the process of, of, of marriages, you know, because the, the word that was tossed around when Brian Flores was let go was relationships or lack thereof, right? But you look at Chicago and Minnesota, clean house, GM and head coach, starting from scratch, right? But then you got Jacksonville retains Trent Bulky. We know the fans aren't happy about that. Miami still has Chris Greer. Uh, he, he's the common denominator with all of these changes. Um, and then even in New York, Joe Judge, and I know you'd never advocate for a, a colleague or fellow coach to lose his job, but Dave Gettleman retires. What is the thought process or what should be the thought process? Because I'm like, if you got a head coach that is struggling with it, and maybe it's because of, of, of the general manager, who knows, but to bring in another general manager who's going to be, who's going to have to inherit that head coach just feels like the wrong way to build your organization. Like either you're together or you're not at the top. Like what's your thought process on that particular process of pairing? You know, it's difficult if, if you're not winning to sell that to the, the community, to sell that to the fans, to sell that to the team. Hey, we've got a head coach here. We think he's really good. He hasn't really won, but we think he's good. Now we're going to bring in a new GM to, to work with him, and it's, it's going to be roses. You know, hopefully it works out. Uh, a lot of times it doesn't work that way. I'll tell you, though, I can speak from experience. I stepped into two situations where the general manager was there, and it wasn't a, a clean house. Uh, operation in Tampa. They hadn't won for a long time. And there was mm -hmm. questions. Oh, can they scout? You know, they've made mistakes. They've had busts in the drafts. Rich McKay, how good is he? Well, Rich McKay was very good. And I ended up, you talk about a marriage, I ended up being the right person for yeah. them. And we had yeah, a great Poland. relationship and we won. It doesn't, yeah. Now, Bill Poland had a track record. He'd put together Super Bowl winning teams. And, but again, the marriage was good. I was someone that Bill wanted. We worked well together. And that's what it's all about. Whether one guy's there, whether you come together, it's got to be uh, where you and the, the general manager can work together as a unit. It's got to be a good marriage or it's not going to work. Well, I, I guess the uh, if we're going to stick with the marriage analogy, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that would be marriage goals. Because they stay, they get in a relationship and they just never leave. Okay, that's it. Yeah. And you look at Mike Tomlin. We're big fans of Till Mike Tomlin. Till death do us part, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. That's it. That's it. Um, and we, we love Tomlin on this show, uh, Coach. And not only are they in the playoffs, but once again, uh, Mike Tomlin's team has a winning record. He's never had a losing record as a head coach. And I just want to ask you, as a Hall of Famer, could you just put that in perspective? We know just from the outside looking in, hey, that's pretty good, but... Could you take us a little deeper and, and tell us how uh, unusual that is and what that means? It, it's difficult to go through a career and not have a losing record. Uh, Mike had the benefit of not taking over a, a, a downtrodden franchise. So when he got to Pittsburgh, he didn't have to rebuild it. So that's a plus. But it, I think the thing that maybe gets underestimated about Mike, when they have a down year, when they have an off year, it, it's nine and seven. You know, a lot of teams would kill for that type of year, and that's an off year in Pittsburgh. So there's something to be said for that. And I know people want they want a Super Bowl every year and that type of thing. But in the Steelers organization, they have a way of doing things, and they're not going to worry about the, the, the occasional 
off year. They know they've got a good coach. They know they've got a great system. And we're going to stick with it, no matter how frustrated the fans get, no matter what everybody else says. And what that does is that lets your players know, hey, we're playing for this coach because guess what? He's going to be here. So don't think he's not. You've got to adjust to him. And that, that helps everybody. You're right. Uh, it's much like marriage. There's no blueprint. Every relationship, arranged marriage, you know, stability, everybody's is different. What works in your house doesn't work in mine. Uh, coach, we appreciate yeah. it. Hall of Fame coach, Tony Dungy, Football Night in America, Tony Dungy. Thank you so much for the knowledge. And uh, we'll see you soon. We'll see you out in L.A. All right. Looking forward to it, guys. All right. Take it easy. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, first of all, it's the defense who kept us in this this game, you know, while we were stumbling over our own feet the entire first half and then starting out in the second half. So, I mean, they won this game for us. Um, you know, we we, st we executed a few drives. Um, we could have done so much better, you know, but we got the jo job done whenever we needed to. Um, you know, it, it hadn't hit me um, yet. I guess it hit me a little bit on the sideline, but, you know, no, I can't articulate it. I'm not that smart. Um, but, yeah, but it feels great. I just can't say enough about the leaders. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for the Georgia people. I'm happy for the, the, the people that get this for so many years they've been without it. But I told the guys in the locker room, just take a picture of this. Because I think back to the 80 championship picture and seeing all those players and the Frank Rosses and the Herschel Walkers and all these people that have reached out and said things. Our guys have accomplished that, something special, and they, as they say, they've become legendary. And I want that for them. It's not for me. <laughs> and I know it's for the Georgia people and all that, but it's really for these guys who have given so much. And uh, I certainly appreciate what they've done. You just cannot be help but feel great and be happy for the University of Georgia community, that program, Kirby Smart, Stetson Bennett. Uh, their journey, their struggle has been rewarded. Um, and even if you're not a Georgia fan or, or even you don't pay attention to college football like that, it's just great to see somebody's process rewarded. This is what they brought Kirby Smart there to do was to slay Alabama and he succeeded. But the process continues. It's never too soon to turn the page to 2022. And uh, as we're joined now by a friend of the show, Super Bowl champion and Notre Dame radio analyst Ryan Harris. Ryan, Mike and I had ended up as we often do backing into a pretty heated discussion about what last night represented uh, for college football. So we'll ask you, was there a larger takeaway for you last night when you watched Georgia finally break through and beat Bama? Yeah, you got to run the football to win championships. I mean, it doesn't matter how, how you slice Spoken it. Georgia like came out in that third quarter, <laughs> you know, and they started running the ball. And that's whether you're playing Alabama or the Patriots in the NFL, they do things differently on defense. They're going to hit you first and then look for the ball carrier. Well, Georgia met that physicality after they experienced it in the SEC championship game, came out in that third quarter, ran the ball. And then for Stetson Bennett, what a story for all of us to look at, right? Perseverance, belief before anybody else had it. And it's been fun to see Stetson Bennett celebrate because I, I know from winning the championship, there are a lot of celebrations and it looks like old Stetson's been at every single one of them. <laughs> That's the truth. No, I know. Yeah, he was great. He was great. It, what an incredible story, as you said. Now, with this, this disagreement with Mike, I'm not going to tell you who represents what position, but one guy says, hey, Alabama, 
It's just going to continue. This was a little bit of a down year for Alabama, and they'll be back in a familiar position pretty soon. And the other guy said, hey, watch out. The field is starting to even out a little bit. It's Georgia, transfers, NIL. It's a different college football landscape, and there are going to be more people coming to the table. What do you think? Well, brothers Michael, Alabama will return. I think you could even see that in Bryce Young and how he was kind of acting after the game. Disappointed, sure, but you could sense that he was like, I'm going to be back here again next year. And think about this. This is a team that had lost its two top wide receivers. And, you know, one Mechie coming into the game and then during the game, and you still had high production from from Bryce Young. Uh, So so it's an unbelievable talent that they had. And they didn't have it in the game. I'll tell you what, though, that defense, I mean, Dallas Hall, uh, man, those guys, you get a young freshman like that with two sacks, that's in a championship game. I mean, you're going to be back in that place. And just the depth of talent that Alabama has, it, it makes separates them from the field. And that's something Nick Saban's used to doing, building that talent, recruiting it. And, and I'm sure he will be there again. So I'm watching. Right, so you agree with Mike? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. So you yeah. agree with Mike? I, I want. Right, so you yeah, agree with Mike? All right, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. That's not a hot. It's not a both, hot take. Y- y'all both wrong. Y'all both wrong. That's okay. That's all. Keep going. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Well, but but I, but I'm watching the game last night, and I had to start, and I was like, maybe I'm just so into this game. I'm excited. It's the national championship game. The stakes are high. Everybody's playing their heart out. They want to all be legends. Not to mention the field is littered with future NFL players. But I swear there were periods at the game. I'm like, is it my imagination or these dudes running faster and hitting harder than a lot of the people on Sundays? I mean, they were flying around the field last night. So in a game full of future of, of, of four and five star players and future NFL players, was there an individual that stood out and, and stood above, above the rest? Stetson Bennett was the story individually, but was there a player that you were watching, knowing you probably in the trenches, where you're like, yeah, that guy's going to be playing on, Sunday, on a lot of Sundays to come? Well, Will Anderson has been doing it since his freshman year at Alabama, and, yeah. and he really reminds me of a former my former teammate, DeMarcus Ware. Big strong, physical, quick off the ball. You could tell he was jumping the count a couple times, an offensive lineman's worst nightmare. Uh, But Will Anderson showed he understands the game and he loves the craft at a different level than everybody on that field yesterday to me. So Will Anderson is that guy. He stands out. And and again, he started as a freshman at Alabama. And I'd be shocked if he goes anywhere lower than 20th in the NFL draft coming up. They they say he's like number one in 23. (laughs) <laughs> this yeah. he'd be number one pick in 23 possibly over over these quarterbacks. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say we haven't talked to Ryan um, since uh, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, that bowl game uh, yeah. two point win for Oklahoma State. And I know Notre Dame has a couple of guys uh, going on to the pros. Uh, but what, what was your, I know it's a bowl game, but what was your first impression? Just that kind of top of mind impressions of seeing Marcus Freeman in, in his first game uh, as a head coach. Well, he had his players ready to play. They came out and at one point led 28 to 7. But in getting his players ready to play, you have to remember in bowl games, conditioning matters. I, I thought even Alabama looked a little outconditioned in the championship game in that fourth quarter. It's easy to do the plays and have the practices when you're in those bowl practices, but to really force that conditioning, to force your guys to play. I mean, really, the best coaches I had. They, get, they, they would put guys on treadmills after practice for about 30 minutes just to get them used to the load of work. And that's really where Notre Dame 
uh, fell victim. In the second half, they were just out-conditioned by Oklahoma State, who then started running the hurry-up offense, which I love formerly, you know, playing with Peyton Manning. That hurry-up is about 30% of your offense. When you see your opponent heaving from the chest to the ankles, you know you're about to have some success. So great job getting the guys ready. A great learning experience for Coach Freeman. I uh, got the chance to talk with him a little bit after, and he said, you know, we needed this so that we know what it takes to go win a championship. They, they persevered through some change and challenges, um, and at the end of the day, they had to be in better shape physically and, and, and coaching as well. There weren't a lot of adjustments made in the second half. Those are changes that can be made, will be made. And it's going to be fun opening up the season at Ohio State next, next year. That's going to that's gonna be a fun opener uh, for Notre Dame and I think for college football. Yeah, and this is, for me, this is, Michael's going to laugh when I say this. This is the trying to have it both ways department. And he called me on it earlier because while I do think it's still Alabama's world and everybody's living in it, I, I have been on record because of, of how highly I regard Marcus Freeman based on the way people like you regard Marcus Freeman based on the, the, the situation that he inherits from Brian Kelly. I'm on record as thinking that Brian that Marcus Freeman will win a national championship before Brian Kelly given the relative ease if you will, when it comes to a path to the playoffs. You follow what I'm saying? So absolutely, I, it, it absolutely. It, it, and didn't he, go, it didn't go perfectly in the bowl game, but I'm wondering if a lot of people feel like you felt. Are they as encouraged as you are about the future of this program? I've seen them rank number five, you know, in certain places in terms of early 2022 rankings. Is the Notre Dame fan base as energized, albeit coming off a loss as you are? Absolutely. I mean, Notre Dame fans hadn't seen Notre Dame score 28 points in a, in a bowl game for a while. You know what I mean? And that was just in the first Good half. Point. Okay. Um, and then this also, you know, I always also encourage people when you're talking about the college game, think about if you are a recruit. I mean, is Notre Dame cooler, bigger, faster, stronger, or are you going to LSU right now? I mean, that pro, Marcus Freeman has already ushered in one of the top recruiting classes and it looks different. He's using social media. He's active. He's he's showing guys his family. That's the thing I love too. He said, "I'm gonna my, my players are gonna learn how to be a husband and a father from seeing me be a husband and a father." I mean, those kinds of things. I know from being in locker rooms, you play harder for coaches. You know, care about you and care about you beyond the game. Because make no mistake, every player sees injuries. Every player in every college team this year saw a quality player go down due to injury. You want to know that you somebody has your back. And when that person is the head football coach at Notre Dame, I mean, those are the kinds of things that parents are going to say, you're going to Notre Dame. Kids are going to say, I want to go to Notre Dame. And, and I, I'm with you. I believe Marcus Freeman, I think they'll be in that the game within the next two to three years. You're going to see Tyler Buckner, a great young quarterback for Notre Dame. He could be the first first-round pick at, at quarterback for Notre Dame since Brady Quinn. So I really like where the program's heading, and I like the ownership Marcus Freeman has taken of the program from day one. All right, man. We love talking to you. Ryan Harris, we appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. Um, and we will talk to you again soon. Uh, a great day for college football. We could, Michael, we could agree to disagree. Yes, but I think we could all agree. That, that, was a, that was a, but that was a fun scene last night. How could you not be happy for Georgia? How could you not have enjoyed somebody finally breaking through after 40 years? All right, man. Be good. Thank you, Ryan. Too. Appreciate it, fellas. No, I wouldn't go that far. It wasn't a great game. It was an interesting game. You don't think so? It was an intriguing game. It wasn't great. I mean, it went a long. The dog was falling. The bulldog was falling asleep. I mean, you know, it was, the, it was, it was a long time without a touchdown. <laughs> well, bulldogs always fall asleep. But hey, what a hey, one possession game, one possession game with a minute to play.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, Michael, you were saying that the Patriots are the worst team in the 14-team playoff field, huh? Yeah. Now I know you've yeah, watched. Right I know now. you've watched them close. Now, before you before you expound on that further, because you, you said it earlier, we uh, we had to put a pen in it. Before you expound on that further, I know you watched them closely, and you never, in yeah. fairness, you never bought into the hype. That brief period, I want to say, it was around was it November ish, where it was like, yeah. oh, could Seven we see Brady Belichick again in the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah like you were you yeah. were never in on that on that train. Is it because you watch them so closely? Because in this, I'm not judging you. I'm not trying to discredit yeah. you. It ain't like you watching everybody else's games every Sunday. So are you just so right. frustrated with the Patriots and, and, and the way they played lately? Because, I mean, saying yeah. the worst team in a playoff field that includes the Eagles, the Raiders just squeaked in, hell, the Steelers. I mean, I'm not saying they, they wanted the, the favorites Raiders. in the AFC at this point, but are they the worst team in, out of 14 teams, out of both conferences? You're telling me the Patriots are the worst. Saying something. Haven't the Raiders? Uh, don't the Raiders have a we higher seed than the Patriots? I, I know we went over this. They yesterday, won four in a row. But I think, and they're a five seed. They're a five seed, and the Patriots are a six seed. So they, they got a higher seed. Yeah. I think people yeah. that, that 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 CBS poll that that ranking just blows my mind. Uh, got the Patriots too high. Got the 49ers too low. This one too. Uh, got the Patriots too high. And it's how you're playing lately. It's what have you done for me lately? You know, well, yeah, Jackson, if, right? if it's what you, you know, if it's what you what have you done for me lately? The Patriots have lost three of their last four. Uh, mm-hmm. They got off to a they went down 17 zip on Sunday to Miami. They went down 20 zip to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they had Buffalo at home to win the division straight out at the crib had Buffalo got off to a slow start lost that game by 13. I think too. So they're not playing good football, but beyond they're that, they're not only yeah. they are they are extremely vulnerable on the ground. They give up just chunks and chunks of yards to running backs. They have made some really boneheaded special teams plays, as I mentioned earlier, three punts blocked by Jake Bailey uh, this year. I think that's a that maybe it's a season record or it's a, it's some kind of record that's bad. It's the kind of record you don't want. And on Sunday. They had a penalty that we haven't seen since 2013, 2014, when they changed the rule. You can't come up to center on special teams. You can't be covering up to center. What do they do? Lo and behold, everybody knows that. Lo and behold, Lawrence Guy covers up to center. So I I think the Patriots are playing the worst football of any team uh, in the league right now. Okay. All right. At the risk risk of turning this into. Go ahead. Last thing. I don't want to turn it into. Patriots yeah. being post game live and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Or, <laughs> right. Or, That's not what Charles or, but yeah. Or but Boston the sports so, tonight. You know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. No thanks. We're good. They are also no the only team. Sure, I'm sure those are five programs. 
But this is look. One of our favorite. One of our favorite quotes. Wait, Mike. One of our favorite quotes. Don't lose your thought. One of our favorite quotes from a Boston, a movie set in Boston. We are a national organization. Okay. Excuse me. Let him know. Could you let him know? Excuse me. We're a national. We're national. Okay. We're a national organization. Know that. Okay. But back to the Patriots. All right, so they are the only team in the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. So I think those sure. things are connected because okay. he got off to that great start and they were playing well. So suddenly yeah. he's struggling a little bit and rookie quarterbacks, the, not, the data is out there. It's not great. Rookie quarterbacks usually yeah. don't do well in the playoffs. All right, all fair. So let's, let's continue with that theme then. And uh, let's, we, we started earlier in the show by talking about you know, kind of just giving ourselves a second opportunity to make, you know, Super Bowl predictions. Uh, not that everybody's, you know, starting from scratch. That, you know, field has been whittled down to 14. Everybody's zero and zero. Um, let's just, I say we do it by process elimination. Hopefully it didn't take too long. But okay. it feels like there are certain teams that we can say as wide open as it may feel, especially in AFC. It ain't happening. feels like there's certain right. teams. Because, yeah, it just, yeah, right. Like, you know, and we've seen wild card teams catch fire and, and some of them catch fire. In the playoffs, we've seen we've seen teams yeah. that don't and look NFC. like they're any good at the end of the season. Yeah, but they end up, yeah, some you know, getting on a roll come yeah. playoff time. All right, so you've eliminated the Patriots. Uh, we'll stay in the AFC. Great story. I don't think the Steelers can go on a run. Let's put. Let's put. I, let's I, put, I, I, let's definitely, put I definitely don't see them put some rankings Kansas up City. there. I, I need. I'm I a visual. I'm them. a visual learner. Uh, rankings or brackets, either one. I don't see. Yeah, yeah, brackets. Yeah, throw it I don't there. see the Steelers. Whatever it is, I don't see the Steelers beating the Chiefs. So that ends the run. And Steelers ain't going to Kansas City in, uh, in, in beating the Chiefs. So Steelers, yeah, ain't 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 happening. Uh, right. We've eliminated the Patriots. Patriots. Um, I think the Raiders and Ooh, the Bengals is... are probably the oh, two oh. teams that I'll let you, are the I'll most let you take this one, Doc. Well, only because it's like. You know the Raiders have played good football at different points. They're, they're they're on a roll right now. We know how resilient they are. They're the best story of the postseason, in my opinion. And I think I, I, a lot of people share that opinion. But is that story capable of knocking off an explosive Bengals team, and then after that, you know, uh, you know, potentially knocking off, let's just say the Chiefs or or, or the Titans? Even it's just like. I, I think the Raiders are good, but not good enough. And, and the same goes for the Bengals and the Bills. Like as, as dangerous yeah. and as explosive Ooh, as they really? can be. You say the Bills. You I think you say Bills too, huh? I think the AFC. If I'm if I'm being real, if I'm not if I'm not subscribing to the hey, you know, don't sleep on this team, and and nobody yeah. wants to play this team, and I could see this team getting on. Like if we're just kind of like now, if we're just being real about it, I think it's. And Michael, you know what? It took me a long time. I'm, I'm gonna say what you said several times on this here program. I be listening. You don't think I listen, but I be listening. At the end of the day, we're running it back. Chiefs Titans. I think, I think that, I think that's what this conference comes down to, especially with Derrick Henry coming back. I think it's Chiefs Titans. It's, it's Chiefs between Titans. those two teams in the AFC. So I'm just gonna. I will go back I'm to my preseason a- prediction. And the AFC Super Bowl representative will once again be Kansas City. That's what that's who I had I like that. in the preseason. Now that we're pre postseason, 
it's Kansas City again. Kansas City, except this time, Kansas City will go into Tennessee and knock off the Titans. Before we go to that NFC bracket, and I like I like the way you're thinking there. I do want to make the case this this last case for Buffalo. Buffalo, top five offense, top five defense in the league. Josh Allen is playing out of his mind. Josh Allen is just what an incredible quarterback he is. You know, not not in the uh, not in the Trinity uh, of Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes. He's not up there, but really good. Definitely in the top seven, top seven, top ten. And you know who That's led the league? Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, top five. Yeah, top five. Put him in the yeah. top five. Yeah, I think. That's but then, fair. but, yeah, but as you as you often say, that five fills up very quickly. When I look at top defenses, I don't go by uh, with all respect. I like a lot of the analytics on defense and you know, and, you know, situationally what a team is doing, but I do like to go by points a lot. Simple as that. Who gives up the fewest points? And the team that gave up the fewest points in all of football this year was the Buffalo Bills. So you laughed I think at you me gotta, when I talked about I, I feel like was was it this sport? Maybe it was another sport. I, you laughed at me when I talked about point differential. One day I brought a point differential. Well, I didn't say point, no. I didn't say point. No, I didn't say point differential. I said the fewest points. Just fewest. Just well, points. Well, I mean, they're, it's like it's like practically the same thing, right? No, Is no, no. I mean, it's no. the same family. No, because like point differential. Sister, they're related. No, no, point differential is saying, hey, you outscored your Tangent opponent alert. by two hundred points. I didn't say, I don't care about how many well, I mean, uh, points they out. I'm saying they didn't but they give usually, up that many points. But but those two things usually go hand in hand. Nuance. No, they don't. Nuance. Tangent alert. Yeah, most of the time, like if you got you know, a pretty high point differential, you, you probably didn't you give why. up that many points. <laughs> that doesn't I, mean you're number it, one. Correct me if correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. I'm sorry. No, I'm just gonna say just just a, re- a real quick note. Just correct me. I'm not looking at the stats here, um, but I think the Seattle Seahawks, who have a losing record, have a positive point differential. So point differential can be it's not the skewed. end all be all. Yeah, if you if you blow some you blow out a couple of opponents, but and you lose some close games, you'll have a good point differential. I'm just saying, just yeah. in terms of defense, and defense, yeah. they they've got the you best like points defense a lot. Football. I got you. I got you. Good. So, you were okay, but continue, but continue your overall. Uh, was that but, it? Were you done on hey, the Bills? Don't. No, I'm just gonna say, don't eliminate Buffalo. Buffalo as a Buffalo as a just kind of shadow team, uh, uh, just outside the. AFC championship game door. I, I agree with yeah. you. I do think it's Kansas City and Tennessee, but if Buffalo gets into that mix, I won't be surprised. And so, check NFC, let's eliminate. Check, so, so, so before we get to the NFC, though, net net points just for whatever it's worth, just to kind of put a bow on that. Let's let's put some data behind that unnecessary debate. Buffalo <laughs> fewest points allowed, right? Fewest points allowed in the league yeah. at two hundred and eighty nine. Net point differential, 194, best in the league. That, I'm so it's a, it's a six one way, half a dozen the other. Number two in point differential, Dallas. Number three, New England. But you're right, a 50 to 10 win over Jacksonville will do that. And, you and, know what I mean? And beating number the Jets, four. 54, yeah. 54 to something over the Jets. So yeah, yeah just number. So yeah, you know, numbers can't lie. You know, like not, uh, Tampa Bay, 158. Then there's a huge drop off Kansas City 116 and most people's favorite to get to the Super Bowl Green Bay only has a 79 point uh, differential. All right, let's get to the NFC. You ready? Um, what what and, is Seattle? And, Does Seattle have a positive one? Seattle is plus 29. Uh, 
But here, but here's what's most fascinating. But here's what's most fascinating. Just one last note on point differentials. Vegas and Pittsburgh. Las Vegas' point differential is minus 65. Pittsburgh's is minus 55. So there's also something to be said for winning close games or winning the games that you have to win in order to get into the tournament. But they're here now. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, here we go. Eliminating. All right. Philadelphia. Cool story, bro. Philadelphia. Love what Thanks they're building. They're ahead of schedule. Got, a, got three first round picks next year. Great running game. Won't great, be a pushover for Tampa. Great season. Successful season. The epitome of house money. But thanks for coming. Yeah. Ain't, ain't doing it. All right. um, All you know right. what, man? Another one. Because I got to pick one, tough. right? I got to pick one. Yeah. The 5-4. Yeah, this is tough. 4 and 5. Yeah. 4 and 5, brother. Four, that's us. 4, four and, and five. 5. 4 and that's, 5. That's, that is the that is the brother from another bowl right there. That is that is because it's yeah. like two teams. We probably argued about those two teams more than any other yeah. in the league. Yeah. Definitely in the NFC. And you know between those two, if I gotta trust one, I'm gonna trust the Rams. So I'm with you, Cardinals. Can't trust them. Shout out the public enemy. I just let yeah. them go. Fine, let them go. And then if they win, I'll come back and tell you I told you so. Okay. But for right now, <laughs> I'm gonna say. Cardinals, we can eliminate them. Scratch they're off going, the Cardinals. They're going right. the other way. They're going the other way. They're All sliding. Right. All right, Niners, Cowboys. Three six. It's I gonna like, be so. I, I gotta say, you like the Niners? Huh? You I like the Niners. Niners. Train, ain't you? I really yeah. like the Niners. I like the way they play. I like the way they're playing. I like their playing style. And they got a, they got a, about, about four or five guys who I just really love on the roster. Like I love, I love Fred Warner. I love Debo, Debo, Ayuk. I mean, yeah. I like some of that, and, and and I have a soft spot. Not that he's a great player, but I have a soft spot for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I, I no, like I get that it. they're committed to it. the run. They're physical. I get it. They're a physical team. I get it. So, but even I, as a matter of fact, even think, if the Cowboys, I think they're gonna win that game. I, 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 I don't disagree. I, 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 if I ever had to pick right now, we still got a few days. I picked the Niners too. I, I, I feel like they're that quintessential hot wild card team. But even if the Cowboys do survive San Francisco, I don't think the Cowboys are capable of winning three games. I just, I, 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 I like them on paper. I like their talent. Um, yeah. I like their young talent. They'll be around for a while, but I don't think this is their year to go all the way. Uh, much to the chagrin of, of long-suffering Cowboys fans. Um, I mean, we're talking about teams that we think can go all the way. Like we're trying to whittle it down to right. get to That's a pick. It. That's the standard. That's the standard. Okay. Right. The Rams. Uh, I don't think the Rams are going to be one and done, but I don't believe that the Rams can beat. I don't, I'm not taking the Rams over the rest of that field. Like I, well, I, I think, I think they'll they'll be a tough out. They'll be a proverbial tough out. They'll they'll beat the Cardinals, but I think that's where it ends for me when it comes to the Rams, which for me leaves again the usual suspects. Michael, it took 18 weeks, but I'm right where, where you are. It's like. Packers Bucks again, well, except on. what? You Here's don't, a don't tell me you're coming around on the Rams. You coming around on the Rams? Well, I'm just gonna you say, this. okay. Well, if the Buccaneers, Buccaneers gonna beat the Eagles, right? Buccaneers advance. Mm-hmm. I, I, but you're, right. So yeah. 49ers beat the Cowboys. I think that takes the 49ers to Green Bay. 49ers they're play a the Packers. Yes, correct, correct. Right. And so now yes. you got the Rams beating the, the Rams Cardinals. Rams, but okay, I don't like the. That's a bad matchup for you the don't Bucks. Like that matchup. Mm. I don't like that matchup. Mm. So I, I might be. Well, I mean, we've seen that movie. I before. might be on the. 
I might say Rams over the Buccaneers. Okay. They match up well with them. We we know that. We for whatever it's worth. We do we 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 we, we know that. Okay. Um interesting. You're right. If the if it's all about matchups, it's all about the brackets. It's all about availability. I've already said, but I'm sticking with my Packers. 2022 NFL champion is already COVID, because uh, COVID has already had a, had a hand in, yeah. in the season, and we'll see how it rears its head moving forward. So, so at the end of the day, though, you're going with Green Bay. So you got Tennessee, Green, Green Bay. Bay, as your Super Bowl. I think it's going to be uh, going way back. What was this, Mike? Was this uh, Super Bowl? Was it Super Bowl two? Green Bay, Kansas City. Yeah. Is that is that what it was? All right, so uh, that was one. Super Bowl one. Super Bowl two was the Raiders. Oh, Super Bowl one. Oh, that was the Raiders, right? Super Bowl one. So, which one was Max McGee drunk? That was Super Bowl one. That was Super Bowl one. That was the first one. Yeah. All right. All right. So we got we got a rematch. We're going all the way. We're going way back. Going way back. I hate that. I hate that. Side note. I hate that. I hate that. Please, please don't do that. Pet peeve. I already told you about sense. I know. I hate when people use sense and it's. Five and years ago. That, Don't tell me about a rematch me, of Super Bowl one when everybody's dead. It's not a rematch not of Super dead. Bowl one. Okay, they're not it's dead. Fifty-five years ago. That's not a rematch. And now, a rematch that they played this year. You. It's not even a rematch of last year, or if they played the Super Bowl last year. That's the rematch rules. Rematch rules. You. If they played the previous year, or if they played in the regular season of that season. But it is not a rematch of Super Bowl one. It is Two coincidental things. at best. Two quick grinds things. my gears. One grinds my gears. One hate that. One, I agree with you. One, I agree with you. Okay, I'm just going to. I just want. I just want to let you know. For the record, I agree with you. But two, since you told me it's your pet peeve, I'm just going to keep doing now it. Now you're going to do okay? it. Okay. So you have made. Now you. Now you made a mistake. And when it happens, when it is Green Bay, Cam yeah. sitting, be like, "Hey, Mike, man, I'm so excited. We got a rematch of Super Bowl oh. One." <laughs> okay. And then, when, and then when Kansas City wins, you're gonna say it's Kansas City's first championship since Redemption. 2019. Since? <laughs> yes. like, like, oh my God, the long-suffering Chiefs fans since 2019. Okay, so you go. So that's your. By the way, for the record, I'm keeping score because you know I do. That is your third, at least your third Super Bowl pick this season. <laughs> that's which is fine. Which is fine. Your preseason Didn't I say pick Green Bay? was Cleveland. I'm stuck with Green Bay. Your pre- was Green no, Bay I'm talking Cleveland. about the AFC. In the AFC, it was Green Your Bay preseason, right? Then it went Tennessee. Then you were driving in Tennessee. Then I dropped train. Cleveland. Mike Vrabel, your coach of the year. You all on Tennessee. Well, I said Tennessee. Now you're on Kansas well, City. No, no, no. I just want you to get this straight. Because what? I, what, 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 what am I missing the team? Am I missing what, the team? What did Michael Smith? What did Michael Smith say earlier? Uh, I know what I said because I was there. Okay. All right. So I'm going to say <laughs> I was that. There when I said. <laughs> okay. You did. And if you, we can go in case you missed it, I told you a while ago. I said in the AFC Championship game, you're going to have you did. Tennessee and Kansas City. Re- and and you, you said, said all four. oh, how do you, you know all that? Four from last how do you know that? You said all four. How do you know that? How we don't yeah. know that. So yes, we do know. But I didn't say Tennessee was going. I said in the conference championship. I didn't know who the champion was going to be. So this is no, my no, no, second. No, no, no. You had Tennessee coming out the AFC. You had Tennessee the coming team. out the AFC. At one point, they're okay. the best team okay, in the fine. AFC. Okay, fine. You're, you're right. You're right. Okay, as, as the facts change, so okay. does your opinion. And and, and yeah. I get, yeah. I'm hip to your game because yeah. one way or the other, you or another, you're gonna be right. If you name enough teams, eventually you'll be you'll be right. I get it. It's you, you, it's just you're throwing a bunch of darts, and and and, and one don't of them is sleep on, on is Cincinnati. <laughs> 
Right. Don't exactly. <laughs> of course. Of course. Absolutely. Don't sleep. Because why would we don't sleep? Don't be surprised. Oh, they're only a playoff don't team. Don't be surprised if. Don't, don't be surprised. Don't be if surprised if. Right. <laughs> then the Patriots. Oh, then you're gonna be like, well, look, man, hey, I listen. knew that they'd eventually get it together. Okay. New England Patriots, um, man. You know, listen, they've been there. They're I'll, no stranger to the Super Bowl. Me, in the NFC, and I'm going to regret this, or as you would say, I'm going to rue the day. Rue the day. I'm gonna I'm gonna regret this. First, I'm gonna regret two things. I'm gonna regret doubting somebody, Ooh. and then I'm gonna regret, I'm regret agreeing with you. So we've had this long-winded, okay. all over the place conversation, only That's for us to arrive at a place of. If agreement. you're new to the show, this is what we do. We just kind of at a place argue. of agreement, because right I guess in the NFC preseason, you know, I had Tampa because I said once playoff time comes, I'm not betting against twelve. I'm not betting against 12. But I think I'm flipping to the other 12. I just, it's just, Michael, I cannot, it just feels like, first of all, they got the bye. They got the best team. That's that's helpful. I just can't see a world in which Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, and maybe maybe I can't see it because I don't want to see it. I have fought for years, for years, against the criticism that Aaron Rodgers has only won one Super Bowl. It's like there are extremes when it comes to discussing Aaron Rodgers. There's the Chris Sims people who think that Aaron Rodgers plays 11 positions at the same time on offense and yeah. defense and coaches the team and has never had a supporting cast and has, you know, made chicken salad out of chicken shit for his entire career. There's that faction. Yeah. And is there the other faction that thinks he's an underachiever, that he's a choker? And that the reason he can't be in the GOAT conversation is because he has only one Super Bowl championship. I just, I, I, I don't want to imagine a world in which everything lines up for Rodgers and he's back-to-back MVP and they fall short in the playoffs again. So It's all there so for him. So I'm going to go with Green Bay. So who they play? I'm going Green Bay Green over Bay Tampa in the NFC it's- title game. Green Bay over Tampa. I think Tampa does beat the Rams if they match up if they see they each other. They beat the Rams. So, Green okay. Bay over – I'm not going to bet against 12 that much. Green Bay over Tampa, which brings you and I to a prediction of a rematch of Super Bowl One. <laughs> Green Bay versus yes! Kansas City. <laughs> Green Bay yes. versus Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Ro- the Rodgers-Mahomes showdown this is what that we, we have been waiting Give for. Give the people so, what they want. Give the people what yeah. they want. And it's too early for that. We can't call that yet. We just we, we all we just kind of figured out the playoffs in our heads, but I don't know if it's going to play out that way. So we can't predict the Super Bowl. But let me ask you something else. Real all quick. of this is something to change after this weekend. When one of our teams loses, then we can yeah. reassess. Maybe we then we'll do yeah, it again. No, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll do it again, except faster. We'll, let me we'll ask you a question, man. Yeah, like you're getting so comfortable. You're really comfortable with our with our family, with our audience. I like that. Those listening on Sirius Channel XM, uh, uh, Channel 85, Peacock TV. I know what you're YouTube. about to say. I know what you're about to say. God's not finished hey. with me yet. I know what you're about to say. God's not finished with me yet. But I'm just wondering, like, no, you so You be yet. cussing all the time. Why do you guys? I know. Just, God's not. God's just, not comfortable with me. I'm, I'm too comfortable. I'm too comfortable. I'm too comfortable. I'm too comfortable in a lot of ways. I'm just wondering. Is it just like a thought? I'm too you just thought, say, hey, I'm around my family, so I'm just go be myself, which I like, which is admirable. 
It's you. The thought or it's you. It's you. You bring out the best and the, you bring out the best and worst in me. You bring out the best and the worst in me. It's you. You say it's your fault. You say, okay, I'm, I'm way, I'm way too comfortable. As a, as a I'm recap, comfortable. and believe it or not, recap, I be holding back. Me, I be holding back. Let me. I censor myself. Can I point this out though? What? Can I point this out? You said what? God's not through with me yet, but Michael Holly brings out the worst in me. <laughs> <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Kyrie is just, he's a wizard, man. You know, he, he's must-see TV. I think, I personally think that um, as somebody that played the position, I think that Kyrie's the most skilled player to ever play that position. Just straight skill. Nothing else, just straight skill. I think he's the best that I've ever seen at the position, skill-wise. Blazers beat the Nets last night. Uh, Kyrie Irving uh, tweaked his ankle. Uh, didn't appreciate uh, Nazir Little diving for a loose ball. Didn't didn't go at him. Didn't say he was dirty. Just said it was unnecessary. But nonetheless, Kyrie Irving will be available uh, for the Nets' next road game uh, against Chicago. I believe it is. Um, speaking of tripping, a lot of people thought that Chauncey Billups might have been tripping when he said <laughs> yeah, yeah. that Kyrie Irving is the most skilled point guard um, of all time. I mean, that's a bold, big statement. That, yeah, yeah. I'm not is. one of those people that thinks he's tripping. I don't think he's tripping. I, I, honestly, I'm on the opposite extreme where I'm just kind of like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's when you think about it, it's kind of obvious in some respects and that's no disrespect to all of his point guard predecessors and contemporaries. It's a bold big statement only in so far as there are a lot of great point guards that have come and gone. Yeah, so it's that's why it grabs the headlines like wow all the point guards and all the skills that Chris Paul and and Magic Johnson and Steve Nash and all these great players that have played this position. Kyrie Irving is the most skilled ever. But all it takes a second Jackson. to be like, and Mark Jackson too. You funny. That's a great callback. That's a great pull. Um, but it's like, yeah, because he's got the best handle yeah. in NBA history. He's a 50, 40, 90 guy as a scorer. And, I, and Michael, how many times have I had to say that what nobody put on this on this earth to put a ball in the basket? more than Kyrie Irving was that boy was born to get buckets like in mm -hmm. terms of his creativity around the rim his finishing ability around the rim second to none his his is his, his, his array of moves his mid-range game his shooting ability outside shooting ability his ability to get to whatever spot he wants he's got the whole package the whole package. Yeah. 
Okay. So, uh, so I, I would say now, I, and I'll, I'll take it a step further, Chauncey. Oh, oh. I would. Okay. Yeah. Let's go even farther. Let's go farther or further. One okay. of them. Um, I would. I would. I go above and beyond. I go above and beyond. Yeah. Farther is distance. Further is is point. Correct. Like like some. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I take it a step further. I don't think it's limited to point guard. I don't think there has been a more skilled player period than Kyrie Irving offensively. I ain't say complete. I ain't say complete, but in terms of <laughs> offensive package, there is not a more skilled player period handle shot. Now creativity. You've gone too far than Kyrie Irving. You have gone too far. Show me the lie. Okay, not a more skilled player. All right, now look, before we get to the player point, which is just not complete. Okay, that's offensively, crazy. ball handling. All right, but think, I'm glad you're saying shoot, that. shot I'm making and creating, passing, even though that's okay. not the primary his his primary gifting. He can still pass yeah. with the best of them. Yeah, and Chauncey said that too. He's like, hey, don't sleep on him as a passer. You know, he can pass a lot better than people realize. I'm going to tell you. That, that there are two things happening here. One, I agree with what Chauncey Billups said. You didn't think I would say that. I agree with Chauncey Billups. Yeah, because but I your also, role on this show is to hate on Kyrie Irving. We all know that. So yes, that no, is a pleasant no. surprise. Uh, but I'm going to say that Chauncey Billups, kind of unintentionally, it's a diss. It's when people say that about Kyrie, they're they're really not complimenting him. The way they think they are. All right, Mike, I'm gonna try it on mm. you. I'm gonna try it on you. Let me try it on you. You know, Michael Smith. When it comes okay. to broadcasters, when it comes to just yeah. broadcasting, when it comes to just running a show, conducting a show. Yeah, I, you, just in terms of pure running, the ability to run a show, Mike. Nobody's better than you. Just the ability to run a show. Now that's all I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a complete so broadcaster. So it's too narrow. I'm just, yeah. I like okay. So, but as far as like real broadcasters, like you know, I like Brian Williams. But but in terms of conducting, show, like come on, like how is that a compliment? Where you're just going to focus on a guy? I don't think it's backhanded. I don't think it's backhanded compliment. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Because what are you going to say all that? But who's the best point guard of all time? He's probably going to say Magic. He's probably going to say John Stockton. Well, because, probably going to well, right. say Chris so, Paul. But, 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 but you can't. So right. what would you rather so be? Since you can't. What would you rather but you be? Can't, but it's no, but it's not an option. That's not an option. Kyrie Irving is not the greatest point guard of all time. Nobody in his or her okay. right mind is going to say he's the greatest point guard of all time. So if you're so trying if to all find these skills, a catch, why not? But it, you, it, he, if he can do this, he's a wizard. He can pass. Well, Michael, he can do that. Well, he, Mike, well Michael well, Smith says he's put well, on maybe, earth. Maybe, put a ball maybe you're basket. asking. Maybe you're asking the right question. Maybe you're asking the right question. Maybe that's the right. Maybe that is a question. If we're going to go so far as to say, and I'm not agreeing with you, I'm saying that it's a very good question, as a very astute and timely question. I'll try to answer it. But when you said it in that moment, well, if you're going to say he's the most skilled point guard ever, he's got one of the greatest shots, uh, one of the most significant shots on his resume in NBA history. He is a champion, a champion. albeit it, it took, albeit he did so. Riding shotgun, no shame, but nonetheless, riding right. shotgun with LeBron James. Okay. Running we shotgun with LeBron James. It's all right. He's a champion okay. nonetheless. So if he's got all these skills, why isn't he the greatest? Because magic, man. Because magic. Because the point guard. I'm sorry. Magic Johnson transcends that position. 
is a transcendent figure. Magic Johnson's the guy. Chris Paul is for me the greatest pure point guard of all time. I think that honestly, I don't see it as a backhanded compliment. I think it's what makes basketball conversations so much fun because we can create these yeah. these these subcategories. Low categories. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just kind of, so I think it's Chauncey Billups. If anything, it's his ability. It's his desire to 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 praise Kyrie Irving and maybe the answer to your question. Maybe the answer to your question why we limit Kyrie Irving to his skill set and his offensive brilliance. Maybe it's because we want to allow ourselves to put him in that conversation for one reason or another. Maybe that's oh, got something okay. to do with it. Maybe right, some biases. Maybe some biases are coming into this thing. Maybe could be. it could be some at play. Now, uh, in know, this the, subcategory. The, the, maybe there's a blind spot for Kyrie Irving. Maybe he's frustrated us so long, so much along the way. Maybe he has said certain things or taken certain stances. And I'm not just talking about the vaccine. I'm talking about, you know, controversial flat earth Kyrie Irving. You know, Kyrie yeah. Irving that, you know, you know, rubs people the wrong way long before uh, the, the, the pandemic. Maybe that's <laughs> got something to do with Kyrie Irving being limited to his skill set when it comes to conversations about greatest of all time. I did like his response though. Kyrie's response say, hey, appreciate the love. I agree with you. I like that. He said, yeah, babe, I, I agree. I agree with uh, Chauncey Billups, mm -hmm. but he said, I'm still learning. I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still evolving. It means a lot to, to hear this praise from one of the OGs who helped build the league and Chauncey Billups. But um, as we have this conversation in this subcategory, I can just feel the name of Steph Curry trying to inch its way onto our screen somewhere. There's another we had, one. If we, yeah. If we had Steph's a teleprompter, like, Steph, Curry, Steph Curry would be like getting in the prompter. Say Steph Curry, say my name. Because if you talk about a wizard, yeah. he's a wizard. He's a great passer. Better than people think. We, 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 we know about Born. the shooter. We know the shooter. Born we know to the put shooter. the ball on the basket. A we know champion the shooter. many times I think there's, over. there's a case to be made for Chris Paul. There's a case to be made for Chris Paul in terms of his, in terms of his skill set. Like Chris, Chris Paul can handle the ball with the best of them. Chris Paul is the quintessential floor general. Chris Paul as a shot maker um, and creator, unparalleled, peerless. So um, it might just be a style thing. It might be a matter of preference. You know, like Michael, I appreciate you recognizing, rightfully recognizing, that nobody has ever orchestrated a show better than I have. I'll take the Pepsi right. Challenge any day, any day of the week. And, but Smith, I, but I also, but I also recognize I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm not everybody's no. cup of tea. Some people, you know, there's no. an argument to be made for some other people. You'd be wrong. There's an argument to be made for some other people in terms of how they run a show. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, you're right. I cannot be limited to how I run a show because one minute I could run a show with the best of them. Next minute, I will hot take you to death. The next minute, I'll yeah. have you cracking up laughing. Some of us are the total package. So really, Michael, you're right. That would never happen yeah. to me. Nobody would ever say that, that Michael is the best conductor that, of a show of all time because I'm just the best of all time, full stop. They, they, just say, they would just say that. They would just call you to go. That's it. They just flat yeah, out. They just stop there. They're like, they say, don't just, don't limit Michael Smith to just one part of his broadcasting game. It's like a full Got thing. It it's a Got full. it all. Get, Got you, it all. get your 15 assists, get your 40 points. Got you know, mad whatever jokes. you need, whatever you, know, you need, exactly laugh, like this one, As, like this one. I hope you're laughing right now. Hope you're <laughs> laughing and not rolling your eyes right now. But honestly, though, isn't that what's fun about basketball? Though, honestly, like you know, greatest is, winner great. of all time, most skilled, you know, mo most most dominant. Like, cause most dominant. 
player, period, is probably Shaq, right? Like if you say most dominant. Because like when you talk basketball, like you know what that means. No, like dominant. Okay, yeah, right. that's fine. That's fine. Wilt's fine. That's fine. Right, right, Shaq or right. Wilt. That's fine. Right. But just best, you know. That's, but you that's, said that's MJ. So who is the, who is the best broadcaster of all time? I mean, present company excluded. Who's the best broadcaster? I, mean, I don't know. Ever. Who's the second? <laughs> you mean the second best? <laughs> Everybody else playing for second. <laughs> okay. Shit. All right. All right I'm sorry. I asked. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I, I, I think one more cuss word is. One more cuss word is she. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.